Welcome everybody to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Pete Zayas. Pete, people keep on calling the show too political, but you and I are recording right now during the presidential debate. I would call it a debate, but it's 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 more just like two old people yelling at each other. Yeah, some people yelling, old people yelling more than others. <laughs> I guess call it what it is. I guess we're like ten, we're like five years away from this show being two old people yelling at each other. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Mister Forty years old, like you're you're ancient. I'm I'm not quite forty yet. I'm not in my forties. I'm I'm still a young buck compared. I'm younger than LeBron, (laughs) so I'll take that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, All right, today's show we have a ton to get to. Quite frankly, we are not going to get to all of it. There are so many angles to talk about entering this final series there are so many basketball angles to it narrative storyline based angles to talk about here Uh, i actually kind of wanted to start with this though because like the thing that the thing that i find myself kind of struggling the most with in in looking ahead to the nba finals which the los angeles lakers are a part of is i just i don't I don't feel like I know very much of anything about Miami. You know, we, we yeah, they're a lot less familiar than a Western Conference opponent. Yeah, right. Like we well, we even saw a version of this with Denver, where they were a very different team heading into that series than they were when the Lakers played them earlier that year. You know, mm-hmm. and and there's there's obviously like the the literal apples to apples comparison there, right? Where the where the Miami Heat traded Justice Winslow away and and are now a different team because of it and uh there's that aspect of it but it's just their run is so improbable that like if you would if i would have told you hey rank eastern conference teams in terms of likeliness heading into the season that you think the lakers might see them in the in the postseason would would they be in your top four five yeah. oh they they definitely would like i I didn't like Philly coming into the season. Okay. I, Damon, I had lunch with you. You can vouch with me for this. I went on a rant on, <laughs> they do not have a guy on the perimeter you can give the ball to, and everyone was overhyping them, right? Uh-huh. I had higher expectations for Milwaukee than they hit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, like, the playoffs are so skill-based that Giannis needs to add more to his skill repertoire no He's matter how... Right. Like, and now putting it on Giannis, right. It's not, it's just like to be that true superstar best player in the NBA that back-to-back MVPs would indicate come playoff time. Like that, that can't get exploited to the degree Mm -hmm. that it is. Um, That said, I would have had Milwaukee ahead of Miami. Uh, I didn't think Toronto had enough fire firepower Hmm. and Boston didn't have enough. Like not that it would matter. You weren't going to give them credit anyway. Right. Um, so I would have, this isn't something that I gave a terrible amount of thought to, but I think Milwaukee's the only team that I would have made a strong case for being better than the hit. I think really highly of Jimmy Butler. I think you need a go-to guy. I think you need a go-to guy that can get buckets and like make big time plays. And I saw that that's part of why I didn't like Philly is I watched last year's playoffs. playoffs I was like, Oh, you let that guy go. Like, that guy was amazing, and you need a guy like that. Miami has a guy like that, and they got other parts of the team that are really good too. Mm-hmm. So in terms of where I would have predicted them, like, it's just not something I gave a lot of thought to, but I think really highly of, of Butler. I may not have thought the supporting cast was enough, though. That's for sure. The one thing I don't think 
So I saw the debate on Twitter today regarding Miami, <clears throat> maybe not today or, or not just today, but over the last couple of days where there was this surge that I agree with, by the way, of like, Jimmy was right, right? That was a, that was, that was a, not a hashtag or whatever, but, but it was a, a talking point. And it was, it was a talking point that I saw framed in two ways. One, Jimmy was right to force his way to Miami right? Because of whatever he thought he saw there pieces wise or whatever. But I actually took it in a different way where it was like, I think Jimmy was right in that he didn't think that Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, that he didn't think those guys understood what it takes to be successful at this level of the NBA, right? Where you're, mm-hmm. go, you're competing head-to-head with LeBron James, who is a freaking nutcase when it comes to preparation, physically and mentally. And that's mm-hmm. the person you have to go through if you're going to win a championship. Right. That's where I think Jimmy was right. And that's where I've most enjoyed this run from Miami, mm-hmm. is this exactly. idea that you do have to work your ass off. You, yes. do have to, you do have to be versatile individually, even if the analytics say that you're doing just fine. Like you do have to go out there and apply some elbow grease when the, when the, when the situation calls for it. That's, There's no substitute for your very best effort. Right, right. Miami and, gets, gives their very best effort. Right. That's where I would say more than him forcing his way to Minnesota, forcing his way to Philadelphia, eventually forcing his way to Miami, that I don't care much about. But in regards to approach to preparation and approach to professionalism, that's where I'm on team hashtag Jimmy was right. I, I love Jimmy Butler. And one of the reasons that I love Jimmy Butler is because he's very principled about his basketball. Mm-hmm. He believes in certain things. And the, the point of like how much he believes in those things, how much they matter relative to how much he cares about them isn't really relevant. It's that he, basketball matters enough to him mm-hmm. to where he has a well-developed philosophy on mm-hmm. And reasons for believing what he believes. And yeah. that is what underlies how principled he is because he made it from not, you know, from Marquette. He was the 30th pick in the first round. Mm-hmm. He was not handed anything. He's, he's worked and scratched and clawed for every scrap of real estate that he's earned in the NBA. And he demands nothing less of the people who are around him. Who does that remind you of? Why do I love Jimmy Butler? You know, that principled <laughs> basketball guy. I grew up with one in Kobe. Mm-hmm. And um, that is at the heart of a Miami culture that I love. They're my second favorite team in the NBA. There are a few teams that I respect, along with respecting them from a basketball level. I They do it with a certain style and flair. Like Jimmy is just a fucking classic guy, right? And yeah. Tyler Hero and like Bam. I just love their whole vibe. Riley like there's um yeah there's just a lot to uh, that I that I really like about the organization it has its ugliness just like any other you know group of people does but I just really dig what they're all about yeah like the ugliness can be sometimes the dogmaticism where like you know instead of maybe forcing your way to Miami why not try to make it work with the super talented Ben Simmons Joel Embiid you know but but sometimes you know principal people will look at somebody else and say I can't make it work with that person. As we saw with Kobe and Shaq at the very end of their run. Kobe basically said, I can't make it run with somebody who only wants to work on company time. 
I, I also, I also really enjoy Miami because, and and not just Miami, but just in general, the conference finals and then now the actual finals, the clash of styles that we've seen. Like there were four very different approaches to how they thought those teams were going to put themselves in the best situation to win. And given the fact that those, those teams found themselves where they were uh, would kind mm-hmm. of speak to, Hey, yeah, you, you, you have earned a certain aspect of respect or, or, or a portion of respect here. That style or what you thought it was going to take to win got you at least to there. Now, whether or not a team like Boston or a team like Denver is going to look at that and say, all right, what do we got to do to take the next step? or whether it's going to be the Lakers or Miami that, that now can become even more dogmatic and you're either with us or against us. And I think sure. that's something between the Lakers and the Heat. Like my, my absolute favorite aspect of this matchup is the amount of buy-in across the board. Oh, yeah. It's so, These two teams it's believe so in cool. what they do. Yeah, It's not a coincidence that in this environment in particular – I can't imagine how mentally taxing it would be to be in the bubble for as long as Lakers and Miami Heat have been yeah. there. And I, I don't think it's a coincidence at all that the two most tight-knit, bought-into-the-culture-and-system teams in the NBA ended up in the NBA Finals while other teams cracked mm-hmm. under that pressure, were not able to rise to the moment. And so, yeah, they're very similar in those respects. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really cool series. I really hope it doesn't get too ugly between the two Twitter verses or whatever. I think there's plenty to, to respect there. I don't want to get into the whole like LeBron versus Pat Riley drama. That just doesn't really interest me all that much. I want to take a, uh, take a second though. <laughs> and uh, when we come back, I want to talk about like what you have seen now that you've, you know, dove head first, div, dove, dove, divin, dived, dived, mm-hmm. dived. Don't Dove. you hate it when you get in your own head and you forget words? Divin? <laughs> now that you are fully immersed in, in, in conjugation data, with Pete and Anthony, yes. Research, yeah. Uh, now that well look, I mean, we, we know what's going on on TV right now as we're recording. We just it just it's it's freaking let's get weird, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's take a second here and come back and talk about basketball. Today's show is brought to you in part by DoorDash. I'm sure if you've listened to this show already, you are getting ready for uh, the game tonight. And we are getting set for, you know, if you're hosting, maybe not a finals party, but, you know, a a little get together for for some select friends at a safe distance or whatever. You're going to want to make sure you feed them, period. And the best way to do that uh, with in terms of timing is going to be on DoorDash. They have partnerships with any number of local and national chains uh, that you might want to to go with here. They have contactless uh, delivery, which keeps everybody safe as as that is a top priority in today's uh, situation. And and most importantly, in, in my opinion, is that the food is going to show up on time and fresh and warm 
so that when you when that food gets there and everybody is is freaking out because the game is going to get going and you want to make sure you get some some food in your stomach before the game gets going or before you start having your a couple responsible beers uh, over the course of the game uh, you want to make sure that food is fresh and it gets there on time and right now our listeners can get five bucks off and zero delivery fees on the first order of 15 bucks or more when you download the doordash app and enter code locked on nba that's five dollars off your order and zero delivery fees on that first order when you download the doordash app in the app store and enter code locked on nba don't forget that's promo code locked on nba all one word in cap capital letters for your five dollars off coupon but only with doordash Did I just have a stroke? I still don't know what word to use there. <laughs> All right. So I can't get a feel for this. Like it, it feels somewhat similar to the Denver series in that I feel like the Lakers should have a sizable advantage. They should be the, the odds on favorite by a good amount to win this series. But I'm not as confident as maybe I would like to be. Do you think that's a moment? kind of thing do you like do you think that's a a factor of what is on on the line or at stake here or do you think it's just there isn't enough to know about Miami to feel confident about the Lakers going up against them no I I mean on some level basketball is basketball that's one of the joyful things about this series too is like these two teams hoop man like on every level basketball is the focus and um so just thinking of Miami, just conceptually, I think they'll have a difficulty doing a lot of the things that make them them. Mm-hmm. I think that they're constructed to beat a team like Boston, right? Like think of how yeah. different Boston is as a team than what we are. They've got Kemba Walker. We have nobody that even remotely resembles the good or the bad about Kemba Walker, yeah. right? In that like he's he's this explosive scorer who's just so quick and he's like – He's two steps into his move before the defender is done yeah. reacting the first time type thing. And the so he's Lakers got this. Don't have anybody who can make you look as dumb as Kemba Walker can make you look. Uh huh. Like yeah, Kemba Walker is, but he's like a certain. He specializes in a certain doing a certain thing, right? Mm-hmm. But what comes with him is that I, I remember being struck in one of the years where we were very bad as a team uh, with the media credentials, right? Like the later in the season, the better your seats get, right? Like, so when we sucked, like by the end of the year, I'm like, Hey, I'm in 108. I'm on courtside <laughs> level. Right? I'm an important like, guy. Right. Yeah. Hey, but? And so I remember we were playing the, we were playing uh, Charlotte and uh, Charlotte. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and Charlotte. I, they, they were Charlotte, yeah. not the Bobcats or whatever. I always get that confused. I'm like, wait, wait, no, the, was he on the Bobcats? No, they're yeah. not the Bobcats anymore. Thank you. Yes. So Charlotte, um, I was at, at uh, courtside level and I saw him, I guess it was last year, but it was for some reason it was, yeah, there weren't a lot of, de- there wasn't a lot of demand for this game. So mm-hmm. I got really good like court level and uh, I saw him standing next to, next to Rondo and I, like Rondo, I don't consider like, that's a big guard. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a small guard. I remember he is a small guard. And I remember thinking like, wow, Rondo is a lot bigger than Kemba Walker. Mm -hmm. And that's something that on the defensive end is really difficult to overcome in a playoff series, right? So like Goran Dragic, for example, 
he's a really downhill type of player. The most similar guard we've played against is actually Russell Westbrook. And mm-hmm. you don't think of them in a similar way, but Dragic can really get downhill. He's also got that sweet pull-up. He's the guy that I think I'm worried about most, at least, or will give us fits in certain instances. And so he would go at Kemba and go over the top of him when he attacked the basket. He'd, and he's got all of these clever floaters and layups where he sticks his hip out to fend off the defender and mm-hmm. makes the shot at some crazy angle. So he's a guy that, and, you know, that, but that, that ability to go over the top is something he won't be able to do against us. Mm-hmm. That said, like, he's got some ability against, uh, if we've got Dwight or JaVale in the game, you know, yeah. he's one of those guys that if you play too far back, he's going to shoot the pull-up three. But if those guys come up too high, he's going to blow right past them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that being said, uh, I don't think that they can run their zone very much against us. I think we've mm-hmm. got a lot of the attributes. Especially if the Lakers necessary. go big. Right. And that's right. And if, uh, if they go man-to-man, while they do have a lot of wings, big wings, the offense is who picks when a team is switching. The offense yeah. is who picks at the matchup. And they've mm-hmm. got enough guys that you can target in Robinson, Hero, and Dragic specifically that LeBron's going to be looking to attack those guys. And they're going to have to send extra help, and it's going to compromise a defense. Meanwhile, you've got guys like Anthony Davis, Dwight Howard, you know, even Alex Crusoe as a cutter, Kuzma. That extra tension that that will demand. So how Miami defends us, I think they're going to have, I think we're uniquely built to beat what they do very well in ways that like Boston is built just a very different way than our roster is. So like my, in a styles make fight sense, Miami has certain attributes that are very difficult for Boston. that aren't the same with us. The one thing I'll say is like Bam on AD though, is an interesting matchup where I think I could see Bam uh, contesting him better than most can. But even there, though, like I feel, I feel like Bam and AD have some similarities. Where I wouldn't want to use Bam on AD. Hmm. Like I think, I think you're better off putting a Crowder on some or, or somebody on on AD and hoping that AD falls in love with the mid range so that Bam can play more of center field. And hmm. I think yeah. AD, like now the, the the difference here though is that like Crowder for the Lakers is Dwight Howard. And Dwight Howard is somebody that, like, if, if it's a Howard and Bam matchup, Howard can at least physical, you know, body up with, with Bam in ways that Crowder has no chance whatsoever on, on AD with. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's an interesting one. I, I, I think, I mean, I tweeted out the other day with a couple glasses of wine in me that I think it's going to be Lakers in five. Uh, I just think the Lakers are too big. But there are definitely some aspects of, of this Miami team that, that really make me nervous. And, and one of the things that, like, with, in terms of Miami's defense, they don't have anybody, I don't think, as gifted as Jeremy Grant is individually on defense. Hmm. But I, I disagree. I like Bam quite a bit on that. No, no, no. I mean, I, mean yeah. uh, I, I guess if we're saying that Bam is guarding AD on the wing, I guess oh, is what I should like say. Like an on-ball gotcha, right? Like, like, like in LeBron terms of guys defending. who are going to be guarding LeBron. I should have. Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if Bam is out there, chances are if he's like focusing in on one player, it's probably going to be AD. And even there, I, I, I think Spo uses him more in, in center field kind of role. Sure. But they don't, but they, while they don't have, like it's a quality versus quantity kind of thing where they can come at LeBron, you know, a fresh Iguodala and a fresh Jay Crowder and a fresh Jimmy Butler or fresh mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler. And they can just kind of come at LeBron with different looks 
and in waves kind of where eventually Jeremy Grant broke down. Like he just mm-hmm. eventually LeBron kind of figured him out. So that's the stuff that offensively for the Lakers and defensively for Miami that I would be somewhat nervous about. I'm not really concerned about the zone because like I said, I think if the if they go zone and put Drogic's down low, then right. I don't think Same there's any way he can yeah. get any rebound on, right. on, on either AD or JaVale or Dwight. I, I think they do it in those end of first quarter and third quarter lineups where we've mm-hmm. got AD in the game at the five and Rondo's in, right? But if you've got LeBron and AD on the floor, you can't do it. If you've got LeBron and a vertical threat big, I don't think you can do it. Um, or if you've got just Rondo with AD and Dwight or something like that, I don't think you can do it. But I do think that that one part of the game is the one place I think we'll see the 2-3 the zone more, more than others. Yeah. Let's take a quick second here because there's a few things that, the, that got the Lakers or helped get the Lakers to this point that I'm kind of curious if we think they're sustainable in, in this series. You mentioned Rondo, and, and yeah, that's, that's basically what we're going to talk about. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Bill Bar. Bill Bar is the best tasting, the most nutritious, the best for you bar that you're going to find on the market. They have worked with us through some of the toughest times our network has ever seen. And I want to make sure that we turn around and and offer them the same kind of support that they've given us. It's easy to do so because they have flavors like caramel brownie, apple almond crisp, German chocolate, peanut butter, salted caramel, that's my favorite, double chocolate, orange. Uh, The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're great for the health conscious guy. They're great whether you want to lose or maintain weight uh, while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Uh, They have 19 grams of protein, 100 calories, 5 grams of sugar, 5 grams of net carbs. It's just a great product. So head on over to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. One more time, that is LOCKEDON for $10 off your next order, only at BuiltBar.com. So of the kind of things that have felt kind of fluky that, that have helped get the Lakers to this point, playoff Rondo, uh, the success that Dwight had in some stretches with, with Dwight Howard, KCP shooting. Is there anything that you think just aren't going to continue? I will be pleasantly surprised if Rondo shoots the way that he does against the zone. Like mm-hmm. the zone footwork. So for example, a lot of his threes have come off of I he has the ball in his hands and he runs some ball screen action mm-hmm. and then they go way under it, right? They play off of him and he's got time to set up all his mechanics. That's really what it is with Rondo as a shooter. If Rondo has time to get everything just right, he's mm-hmm. actually a very good shooter. Mm-hmm. It's just that in most circumstances in the NBA, you don't have that much time. They give him that because of his reputation. But if you put a little bit of pressure on him, his mechanics will break down fairly quickly and uh the types of threes that come out of zone ball movement it's not like you were dribbling off of a ball screen and you get to feel the ball and get kind of a, a rhythm it's it's really catch and shoot type of threes that rondo takes takes less and makes less mm-hmm. than the type of three that he's actually become quite good at 
So that's from a on-court standpoint, just one action that, uh, and, and one instance that he may be most impact, impacted by that. Yeah, I would tend to agree. But even there, <clears throat> like if you're Miami, are you relying on Danny Green continuing to shoot 27% or whatever he's shooting from three-point range? I mean, if you're Miami, your choices are grim in some instances, right? Right. Like if right. you play man-to-man, do you rely on Duncan Robinson being able to guard LeBron James because you're switching? Mm-hmm. If you play 2-3 zone, right, what we talked about earlier. And, and so they're going to have to give up something. Mm-hmm. That's just the nature of defense. And right. that's part of why the Lakers are so good is that, like, well, if we, if we need to put extra tension here, we have to take it from somewhere else. And, oh, that's Anthony Davis that's taking advantage of this compromise in or or lebron james you know or and and you get down to the shooters right where it's like kcp or danny green wide open maybe that is better than the alternative you know Mm -hmm. well like and for those who because i've gotten this question quite a bit on twitter i don't know if you have but it's like i've gotten quite a few people asking hey why is it that danny green's plus minus numbers and net rating and whatever catch-all stats indicate that he's been good when visibly Anybody who was just watching would say, this guy can't throw a pee in the ocean. You know, his, his defense seems to have taken a step back too. And, and what it basically is, is that those teams, like teams are a lot more reluctant, even with Green shooting as poorly as he is, they're still reluctant to leave him in the corner. You know, and, and what that means is LeBron now gets to operate with more space than he would, even with Alex Caruso per se, shooting at a higher rate. I'm not sure if he even is. I don't think he is. But even if Caruso was shooting at a higher rate than uh, Danny Green is, it doesn't matter because he's not not garnering the same type of uh, respect from from the defense. So just quick tangent there. Again, I I don't like it when – like I don't want to – I know I said earlier that – I feel like you should have more confidence in the Lakers than I should given the matchup because I do feel like the Lakers are just the better team. I think it's more your lack of familiarity with Miami than it is anything about the Lakers. Like yeah. you understood, I mean, you host a damn podcast with Adam, right? Yeah. Like you, you get Denver, the Rockets have been doing their thing for ages. Portland's mm-hmm. Portland. Like these are teams that have been led by the same dudes. Whereas Miami is a team that they're, this is their first year of doing what they did. So there's just, and in the other conference, there's just less familiarity. I also feel like I shouldn't feel confident going into an NBA finals. Sure. You know, this sure. is like, you're, like this, you're tempting this the basketball the gods, Eastern getting conference. too cocky. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Like, this isn't the three P Eastern conference that we're talking about here. And even there, like if Kobe doesn't go berserk in that overtime where Shaq fouled out, that Indiana series is very different. And, you know, the other two series were, were just – the talent gap was too much to overcome. But this, this isn't that. I don't think the, the, the team – the talent disparity is that far apart. But I'm also – I also feel oddly confident about this team. It's, it's, this, it's this weird confidence dilemma where I wish I was more confident, but at the same time, I don't know if I want to be that confident because it, it's, it's a great way to piss off the basketball gods. I think you're afraid of getting hurt is what it is, right? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. that's been the thing I've, I've battled this Thousands too. are up. And I have, I have accepted this. So I obviously can't say all of the things that I want to say, uh-huh. right? And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I've, 
like watching our enemies get vanquished in just spectacular fashion. The Lakers are going to win three championships this year. Spectacular fashion. The, the Clippers. This is the most just gratifying season. In on that, like, dock. bro, like. I have so much I want to say that I can't, sadly. But mm, it's Petty Pete. Oh, it's I'm like it's bursting out of me, and it, you'll see it come out sometimes. I got so much I, I want. It's been a very satisfying year uh-huh. from that perspective. Um, so yeah, I can't say all the I can't quite uh, talk all the mess that I want to talk. But in my group chats and all of the places where I can, you know, just talking with my boys type thing, I, I was I was like, I mean. I've been wrong before. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, and this, this applies to this series just as well, right? This disclaimer. Been wrong before. This team, from what my eyes are telling me, is this is a great team, this mm-hmm. Lakers team. Like doing what they just did without home court advantage, winning every series in five or less, taking all of the narrative components out of it, all of the expectations of what we thought that team would be not getting pushed past five games to get out of the Western conference is a significant accomplishment. Mm-hmm. And the teams that have done that are some of the great teams of the last couple of decades, the 2017 warriors, the 2001 Lakers, the 1999 Spurs, which we didn't know were a great team, but were the start of the Tim Duncan dynasty run, right? The Showtime Lakers. These are the only teams in my lifetime that have come out of the West with I, maybe Portland did it one one year with the like Clyde Drexler, Terry Porter squads, I'd have to look that up. But accomplishing, they've done objective things. They won seventeen games in a row on the road in their conference during the regular season. That is an NBA record. Nobody's ever done that before, and we are so stung by the last few years of the Lakers not making the playoffs. And then we get LeBron and our hopes are all high. Like we probably didn't think that we were a title team last year, but we didn't think we'd miss the playoffs, you know? And (laughs) yes, all these things happen and all that, but we're just like, as a fan base, I think we have a little bit of gun shyness of not being wanting to be fooled again. Right. And not wanting to talk a little too much because ultimately we're not the ones going out there. But the tape on this team and the objective accomplishments of this team point toward they are a great team. This is one of the best defensive, if not the best defensive Lakers team I've ever seen. They also have two dead bang superstars. Mm -hmm. And both of those points, I think, are fairly unassailable. That we have usually win you championships. That's what I'm saying. So just from a like take our Laker fandom out of this. I, if if we can if people who watch basketball and care about the basketball watch this Lakers team and go like holy crap they're really good on defense and obviously LeBron and Anthony Davis are superstars in their own ways too and they complement each other their games right it's not just that they are superstars they are compatible superstars so just think of that on paper and then everybody else is role player who defends yeah like, yeah, I this mean, has been a great team, man. We, we ain't done, job not finished and all that. But like, this, and it's nothing against Miami. It's just this Lakers team is a great team. That's what it, I think that's kind of what it is too because I really respect Miami as an organization and I like yeah. quite a few like, Heat fans that I feel like if I go full on 
fuck it, Lakers in five, I would feel like I'm disrespecting those guys. I just think I feel that strongly about this Lakers team. Like this Lakers right. team, like, all right, so one of the conversations, and this has now come up a couple times over the last few days with the show, is yes, uh, the Lakers have the two best players in this series, but Miami might have the next four or five or whatever. And, and like, okay, but it's just not really how basketball works. Like it's not a, an approach to how the game is like, and at I least think beyond a pretty the, big gap. Like it's not just that the Lakers have the two best players, but they have like first, you know, number one, number two, maybe number like just like there can be an empty number three an empty number four, just in terms mm-hmm. of just gaps here between two and three being whether it's bam or Jimmy, however the heat feel about it, which in and of itself speaks to the fact that like that guy isn't nearly as good as Anthony Davis. And mm-hmm. like that gap combined with the way that what is expected of the, the role players from the Lakers, where it's basically just defend. Don't let Tyler hero get off. Don't let Duncan Robinson get off. LeBron and AD can can contain Bam and uh, Jimmy and play them even, or 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 outplay them by enough on offense to where all you guys got to do is not let Miami get loose. And maybe Miami gets loose for one game, or maybe there's a game where the Lakers shoot under thirty percent from three point range or something dumb like that. Maybe that happens or whatever, but. Like I'm, I'm really on, uh, you know, on the cusp of just saying, I, I just think the Lakers are a lot better than Miami is, and 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 maybe it changes after Game One after I, I start to pay more attention to to Miami or whatever. But I just I just see the Lakers as significantly more talented at the positions where it matters, and 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 that's what usually wins you championships. I mean, I don't think there's anybody who covers the NBA who would argue that the Lakers have the two best players in this series, right? And mm-hmm. that's, I mean, by a, like, that's even the most diehard Heat fan or, or blogger is, would probably concede that LeBron and Anthony Davis are better indiv- as individual players than anybody on the Heat. Mm-hmm. And in basketball, when one team has the two best players on the floor, and it's not a single elimination type of environment. Yeah. Pretty much everything else has to go right for that, the other team, yeah. for that team to lose. Like how often does a team lose a series when they've got the two best players on the court? And By a lot, there are t- too. Like when, right. The gap and that's the thing. So it's like Jimmy, Jimmy Butler can touch greatness. Bam is a stud and he's, you know, growing into, he's still developing, but he's already an all-star and just a phenomenal player. But the gap is significant right in in that just that individual impact and mm-hmm. Spolster is wonderful man and they've got so many guys who can really hoop who I, I really dig it's just that I, I always cringe when I, I like the way you described it in that like put them as one two and then leave three four and five blank yeah that when I see these lists of like rank the top 10 players in this series like it doesn't do the impact of it of LeBron at one and two justice as though the distance between one and two versus three is the same as when you look down on the list in verses five, six, and seven, right? Mm-hmm. Like five, six, and seven are much closer together in terms of their impact than where LeBron and Anthony Davis yep. are and them being together. That, that, and that's just individually. And them being together and yeah, being compatible as they better. are is a force multiplier on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, again, I, 
I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here just because I feel like I would be disrespecting the Heat and a whole bunch of people I really respect. But I just think this is the kind of series that, like maybe the games are close, but there's only five of them. That's how I see this going. We'll see though. Uh, we are going to call this one here. We will be back to <laughs> react to however game one goes here between the Lakers and the Heat, in which I might look like it sound like a complete idiot, which would not be the first time, will not be the last. Uh, so Pete and I will be back to uh, react to that game in tomorrow night's show. And then we are going to get you through. We are going to try to touch on – I didn't want to spend too much time on narrative stuff right now. I just wanted to preview the basketball itself and, and maybe over the course of the series, we can see how some of the narrative stuff manifests as well. And we'll touch on that for the most part though. I'm just here to enjoy the, the fact that the Lakers are in the NBA championship. Hell yeah. That's, man. that's all that I'm not going to say that's all that matters because like part of what matters is that the court seems to suck. Like the court design seems to suck. I'm not sure what the uh, NBA was going for there, but other than that, the Lakers are in the, in the NBA finals. They are in the NBA Finals, as in 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 my opinion, and I think maybe our opinion. Or do you share the opinion that I, I'm not going to force you to answer this because it might be bulletin board material? But I think the Lakers are sizable favorites here. Should be sizable favorites here uh, against Miami, uh, and and that's about all you can ask for in any given year. Just the Lakers are potentially four. They they are four wins away. From bringing home championship number 17 and i am going to enjoy the ever-living hell out of this one have a great rest of your day make somebody else's and